Welcome to the Comfortable in Chaos Podcast. Podcast. Strangle your demons and let's go. Y'all need Jesus! Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to speak with you again. Wait for it. And the sound of silence. Welcome back to the Comfortable in Chaos podcast. I am your host, Eric Helberg. You know we're like Einstein over here. We have no special talents. We're just passionately curious passionately curious about all things pertaining to men. How in the hell did we get here? And where is it that we want to go? We're iron sharpening iron. I'm telling my stories because I know they coincide with your stories. And as we share and listen, we're both receiving and feeling very much the same. So thank you for that, man. Yeah, the sound of silence. We just concluded Veterans Day. I did a brief message on it, albeit I was a little melancholy. How happy was I supposed to be about it? I mean, happy if you're sharing with fellow veterans. Um, In some cases, telling stories of survival, horror, incapacitation, brokenness, both physically and all imaginable ways, and certainly mentally. So when I say the sound of silence, I was silent simply because I didn't want to bring anyone down. Our veterans deserve every bit of demonstrable recognition that they can receive because once that day is gone and or on Memorial Day, which honors the actual dead, the fallen, now I'll venture to tell you, you can fall and still be alive. If your mind doesn't work, if your body doesn't work, hmm, I would say that's fallen, wouldn't you? Those are the untold stories. And I would tell you further that it is a sound of silence because, and we're, we're, we're after Veterans Day. And just like our leaders, our lawmakers, and our general populace, why can't we simply move on? We can move on, right? We can send people for the past 22, 23 years to perpetual war day after day, year after year, but we can move on. I mean, Britney Spears has made a comeback. Um, I think, let's see here. I think Jay-Z. No, no, excuse me. Beyonce has a new tour. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I think uh, one of the Kelsey brothers may be retiring. You bet. Yeah. Let's see. Bill Gates is still ensnared in the uh, Lolita Express, Bill, or excuse me, Jeffrey Epstein scandal. I mean, that's been going on for a long time. So we're just moving on as usual. Now Congress is up there uh, trying to decide if they can further stimulate us and uh, keep the government that we elect and pay for 
open for a few more months, print a little bit more money. You know, it, it, we have to figure figure these things out. Hmm. But I would say the silence is all those veterans sitting alone without hope, without any idea of who to turn to. Yeah, it seems really likely they could turn to another brother, but we're proud guys. We're strong guys. We're not supposed to have these types of afflictions, but we do. We're, su- we're supposed to process uh, everything just like your local grocery store manager, but we don't. And since it's primarily men, I've never seen the stati- statistics on the ladies, but since a veteran every hour on the hour, 24 hours a day, you do the math. So that's 24 a day, seven days a week, 30 days in a month. Kills himself. We've got a problem. It's called the sound of silence, whereby we have betrayed them. And it is called suffer in silence, whereby they've been left alone. Oh, sure. Yeah, depending on their prominence, they can get into the VA, and that determines their expeditiousness of care. But I tell you what, these same bullshit drugs that have been administered over this COVID debacle, you go take about a five-drug cocktail that they administer to you and see how good you feel, right? After two, three days of those medications, you're ready to pull the trigger, bro. Why would they do that? Why in the hell would they do that? Hmm. Okay. Well, that's an epidemic. That certainly is the sound of silence. I'll tell you another one. What woman in the world would want to get married to a husband? Now, we know our military is primarily male. doesn't matter what branch. I think the Air Force has like 23, 24% female, but it dwindles down from there through the services. So we know that approximately 60% of our veterans are married. I'm talking active duty people. 40% of them have kids who in their right mind, no matter how badass the man, marries them knowing they're not going to be with them. This is also silence that coincides with the general populace. That being, shouldn't we know what we're doing in the dating process? Shouldn't we know what we are doing before we wed? It takes some hard communication because what woman wants to be without the man she just committed her whole life to? Now, he may be hoo-hoo-rah-rah, all those great things, and it's an honor to be married to a service member. But how honorable do you feel as a spouse when you're all alone? And that darkness and that silence, do you feel honor? Are you able to convey that honor to your offspring, your kids that are now in the mix? No, absolutely not. If you're a service member and you're by yourself, get out there and go kick some ass, man. But don't latch on to someone or commit to someone if you still have work to do. Go do good work. 
but do it alone unless you have an implicit understanding with your loved one. That takes a very special person to go through those things and be content. And I would even say on both sides, not just simply the spouse, but they definitely are going to bear the brunt of it. Definitely something to think about. And that's no different for most people outside of the military. If you are going to entertain a demanding profession and not be with your spouse and or your kids, and that's what you've always wanted to be, and typically us old fighting men, that's what we wanted to do. That's what we wanted to be. So we knew. So we could talk about it beforehand. And if this is the direction you want your life to go, no matter what field it is, simply talk about it with the lady you profess to love, and she can do the same with the man she professes to love, so everyone is on the same sheet of music. Otherwise, you're left in the dark of what truly comes after, and then you are left, like my old episode says, without a voice and silent. And there's a lot of that going around, even on Veterans Day, within the veteran community and the spousal community of theirs. Okay, I think I've tied that one up. So let's go back to the sounds of silence. Rhythmically methodical. I like Simon and Garfunkel's version. I love Disturbed's version. And you heard me mention the movie The Sounds of Freedom because it received a lot of fanfare, just like our veterans on Veterans Day and or Memorial Day. And then it kind of peters out. I would venture to tell you the greatest gift our veterans have given us. When you talk about the sound of freedom, let's, let's juxtapose this here, is silence in society. We spoke of silence as being bad. Now we're speaking of it as being good. Do you want to hear bombs going off? Do you want to hear... You want to hear a boom? All that crap going on around you? Thank your effing veterans. The sound of silence here in free America, what is still left of it that is free, is owed to these guys. The sound of silence while you wait in line to get your allotment of food is owed to these guys. The sound of silence where no one calls you out when you go talk a bunch of shit to people is because of these guys. So I would say going just like the movie, the sound of freedom is the same sound of silence that you are gifted to have. Okay, I guess I got a little excited. Should I reach for my Copenhagen? I am a man. I am a veteran. Inhale, exhale. Now as men, we enjoy silence. We need silence, especially when it comes to overwhelmingly emotional concerns. We were constructed different. All those things that make our veterans great are what allow us to operate and flourish. We can carry it to the workplace. We can carry it to industry. We can carry it into all of the things that we aspire to be. But when you interlace tons of emotion into that, 
That's when sometimes we need a little quiet. We need the sound of silence, and that's okay. That's why a father and son can get on a long car ride and ride for miles and miles and miles and simply not say a thing. Maybe dad puts his hand on his son's neck. I do. Grabs his shoulders, holds his hand. I do. I love it. Song or two on the radio. Ah, Topic comes up for conversation here and there. We are utterly content. You cannot do that with your spouse. And I'll even tell you, unless you beat your daughter down emotionally, you can't do that with her. They need to talk. And that's all part of it. And that's why no woman wants to be alone from the man she marries and have him go to war five or six deployments. So in that same vein, sounds of freedom, sounds of silence, Oftentimes we have these emotions pent up in us, and what do you do with them? Have you ever felt like you wanted to jump out of your car with someone who cut you off and or slammed their brakes? Maybe they even gave you the finger, and you wanted to jump out and just annihilate them? Yeah, I'm talking tear them limb from limb. If you haven't, then I'm just going to say, then maybe you're a small percentage of men that don't... um, Don't have that mercury rising up in the thermometer that is your body. I know I have countless times. I just didn't want to throw my life away when I got myself put back together or my family's life away. Now, I'm not talking either going back to veteran stuff. I'm not talking either. You go through a door. Dude puts his head around a building. You're closing the gap gun up. I'm not talking whereby you lay someone down. But have you ever been face to face with a man and you wanted that dude so bad that you could feel? And I'm talking mono mono stuff. Feel? Almost taste him because you wanted to tear him limb from limb? I have. That takes a lot of control. There's so many of us guys out here that uh, we're only one act or one day short of being in the hokey, man. And when you get after it like that, it's lockdown city, it's teardown city, and someone's not going to live. That's what people don't understand about fighting in the world today. Yeah, back in my day and most of you guys' day, we could wait after school for kids and punch one in the eye. That was done. They could do the same to us. The world has just evolved. Now, um, in order to get after someone, you are going to have to, uh, yeah, keep from doing it to them or keep them from doing it to you. No holds barred. I ain't talking no sports stuff like Sean Strickland. I'm talking real survival stuff. But yeah, that is when it is really something. If you've ever tasted a man that you wanted to destroy, and that doesn't make you special because you only tasted it since (laughs) he had the same set of senses as you. He was just as much of a tiger on the prowl. But maybe you had your son with you. Maybe he had a gun. Maybe you were in his property. I'm thinking of my last one. We were all three. 
But I knew he wanted something, and I wanted to show him that he didn't have that over me. I just couldn't at that time. But man, I can still bring up those feelings in my body. That's just part of being a man. And that's why all these things that we associate with veterans and on Veterans Day and the true essence of man and how we were designed make day-to-day life very, very hard. Holding it all in and they'll then, excuse me, still being the bastion of emotional freedom, expression, and feelings. It's very hard. It's very hard, and you heard me talk about a tiger before, to get a tiger to cozy up with a pussycat. All right, now that we've beat that drum, let's give one more illiterate rhyme about the sound of freedom, i.e. the movie. And what has been bestowed upon us as Americans is the actual freedom of silence or the sound of silence. That is our our contentment. That is our actual freedom. That is the sound of it. It is silence. That is freedom. And let's start talking about that movie. How easy we forget. And it's kind of like Jim Caviezel. He plays Tim Ballard in that movie, says it just isn't one of those uh, poignant cocktail party conversations or really any conversation at any time that most people are willing to have and or truly listen to and or simply let their brains accept the fact that children are being abducted all over the world and shipped to other places. That's horrific. But then, what are they being used for? And who is one of the largest consumers of this atrocity? Hmm. Well, the good old United States of America. We have the money, we have the technology, whereby if you're not such a dirtball animal scumbag that you're physically touching on one, you can certainly pull up one of any 30 million new images of babies. Yeah, those are kids, those are babies every single year. And they're also being abducted right here. Have you ever thought about What happens to all those children of the migrants coming across when we hear stories of their disappearance? Where do they go when oftentimes they're processed, separated from mothers and fathers, and then you don't see them again? Or children that get kidnapped right here in the United States. We have the largest institution of slavery. And we say here in America that we abhor slavery. Yet more people are enslaved on this earth at this present time 
than ever before in history. Not only that, the majority of them are children. And we're going to say children 14 and under. Now, when you look at that movie, and everyone was in angst because Rocio, Rocio, that beautiful little girl, Rocio Aguilar, had been taken down to South Colombia in rebel-controlled territory, whereby the government had no intervention, and it was truly controlled by jungle mountain-dwelling gorillas. Really, they're indigenous population, but they're there for one sole purpose, right? They're there to develop coca. It's one of Colombia's best-known commodities. Thereby, then, the cartels and the dealers are then able to prep it, ship it, and then send it elsewhere. So they provide a vital link to that economy. But you saw how they lived, right? The women in the villages, the children in the villages, the men had utmost superiority. Do you think that that's indicative indicative of most places that are not considered the Western world? When you go around this world and, and look at quote-unquote underdeveloped nations and or countries, even continents, whole continents, that's the norm. Would you say that the women and children that haven't been abducted and aren't being put into sex use, I don't know however to say it, how else to say it, wouldn't you consider their lives enslavement? Screw the statistics. What about them? I mean, this issue of slavery goes all the way back to the beginning of man. Let's just go back um, to the days of the Bible. And we can go back into much earlier recorded history and civilizations before then. Where did God's chosen people, the Israelites, end up? They ended up in bondage to the Egyptians. All of us good Bible readers know and understand that. As long as there are... Well, how about this? Let's back this up. It's done for money. In today's modern world, slavery is done for money. And in the past, it was done for use. Let's put it this way. The more civilized a society became, the more it wanted to accumulate wealth, things, even if that is crops, food security is real security. And what would they do? The more civilized in respect to the more that they had under their control, they needed someone to do that work for them. And there's one impetus. Then you have this slave trade we're talking about. These women in these underdeveloped countries are being used 
in essence, a form of slavery to provide for the men and or to help make money. You saw in that movie right there, The Sounds of Freedom, you had both young girls and grown women, just like the old grape presses. Instead, they're just trouncing around on coca leaves, getting that coca paste ready. The world needs a little blow. Okay. I would venture to tell you that as long as there are enterprising people, of course, depraved, within a given society, they will find, to, they will find a way to sell off their people to equally depraved people in another geographic locale. And that's how it happens. In this movie, you had a Honduran lady and I don't know what you call her crew, animals, picking up Honduran children, but they know as far as safety and expediency, so they won't be tracked down. They have to get them to another country, i.e. Colombia. So it was people right there within their own country getting these children and shipping them elsewhere. Now, could they simply have gone to Colombia, broken into Colombia, fought through? You know, there's no honor amongst thieves. They're just whores, villains, uh, I don't know, drug runners, whatever. No, they couldn't. They can't break into that trade in Colombia. Those people would kick their ass right out. So they can't just go in there and kidnap the Colombians and say, hey, I'm here in Colombia. I got your kids. You want some? They had to get their own and bring them from afar. That's what's been going on throughout recorded history. And we should never turn a blind eye to it. I would venture to say that when you have tens of millions of young women and children, both boys and girls, go missing in there entirely, i.e. at least where they were, where their families and where their roots are, never to see them again, that they are now absent whether they end up staying alive. And I would venture to tell you that many do perish in what they're put through. Or, let's just say they stay alive in physical nature only. But there is no life there, at least as we know it. I would say when you vanquish that many people, you could potentially use another word for this. And this is what we are going to talk about next time on the Comfortable and Chaos Podcast. I am your host, Eric Helberg, and I bid you bon voyage, my burgeoning flock. Until next time, like and subscribe to the Comfortable and Chaos Podcast.